Hey guys, Ryan here. Just a quick heads up. This episode is sensitive in nature. As with many of these episodes in our series on sex talks, you want to make sure that any young ears are not within earshot. So maybe listen at another time or put some earphones in. Either way, we hope you enjoyed this episode and just wanted to give you that quick warning before it starts. Enjoy. We are wrapping up this series about sex and we are excited <laughs> to be honest as it it's, turns out it's you kind of take a lot of flack when you talk about this topic because it's so sensitive it is and it's so i don't know it it's private and it's it between big, yep. you and your spouse and so it's fine we'll take the flack we want to put the gospel out there we want to talk about yep. uh, the importance of sex and the purposes of sex that god has given us so Which that's all right done. Which we've, we've done. done. Yeah. We've done in the last uh, three weeks of this, and we actually had an extra episode uh, interview. So this week, we are excited to wrap this up and talk about how we can protect our sex life as a married couple going forward. So we take everything we learned, everything we talked through, we're going to bundle it up, draw <laughs> some nice boundaries around it so we can keep the good <laughs> stuff in and keep the bad stuff out. Is that right? Yep. All right. So let's do it on the other side. <laughs> We'll see you there. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. that last innuendo there i don't think we are aware of the innu- exactly exactly it's all good Selena, it's really difficult to talk about sex without innuendos i know pure. i'm working on it god You're is helping on- me <laughs> see i'm working on it so if i'm working on it it's probably not going well but if god is working on it in me then it's okay. going much better yeah. all righty friends we are excited to be uh wrapping up this series about sex it's been a good talk i think it's been uh very elucidating for us on many levels um, but before we jump into our conversation, hmm. yeah, if you want to be a part of the fierce marriage podcast, you can do that two ways. You can leave a rating and a review. That is probably the easiest, fastest way. And it helps us a ton. Just go to your podcasting app of choice, hit the star rating, leave a review. A couple sentences is more than enough. Or if you want to go a little bit further, you can be on mission with us by way of uh, Patreon, right? So you go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner. That will redirect you to a bunch of tiers. You can pick one of those if one of them appeals to you. But you don't do it for that. You do it because you're passionate about seeing the gospel, God's truth, spoken into the area of Christian marriage. We could spend our lives, I think, encouraging, refining, edifying the church in this area. Like We just want to talk to Christians about what it means to live out the truths that we right. say we believe in this most important human relationship that God has given us mm. and that is marriage. So uh, you can go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner if God leads you to do that. And we would be so glad to have you in there. We do have lots of fun stuff that happens in there too. Um, what, what? <laughs> just what? just funny. Are you still using the code for any discounts? Oh here? yeah. Yeah. Gospel centered marriage is our online learning platform <laughs> for married couples. And in this series, you can use the code sexy time. Uh, to, for 25% off uh, any any enrollment there. 
that's not going to be up forever. So if you hear this podcast and it's it's a long time after it's released, probably doesn't work. It anymore. probably <laughs> won't work. You can try it, but go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. Go to go to the sign up page there and use the promo code Sexy Time <laughs> and do so proudly. Do so proudly. without hesitation and without giggling. Right? I just, no giggling. I keep giggling. Sorry, guys. So last week we talked about simmering. That was a really fun episode. I really enjoyed talking about that and getting to understand what it is. I'm just going to leave it there. You guys got to go check it out. Um, Today, we are going to talk about Mm. uh, protecting your sex life. Protecting your sex life. Yes, because we've talked about uh, in this series kind of the seven reasons for sex. Kind of the seven reasons. Kind of. We did talk about the seven reasons that we believe. Which actually are coming full circle here. They are. Because we're going to talk about them again. But go ahead. Seven reasons for sex. That was a good episode. I enjoyed that one particularly. (laughs) Because it was, I learned a lot when preparing for that one. Yes. So we talked about the five modes. Yep. Five modes of sex. Uh, also a fun episode. Uh, and then we talked about the sex simmering, really which you mentioned last week. <laughs> he likes all of these episodes. I have fun all the time. All right? <laughs> He's That's a fun guy. Sometimes okay? just more fun than others. Yes. <laughs> sometimes they're just more fun. And then we talked about this idea of simmering that was in uh, Gary Thomas and Deborah Folita's, uh most recent book called Married Sex uh, and what that is. So go check that episode out. Uh, if you want to know more, because we're going to run out of time if we try yeah. to talk, rehash that for you. Yeah. So how do we protect? So, yeah, moving forward in this and ending this series, we want to kind of be on the offense and talking about how we can protect our sex life through boundaries um, and understanding how scripture has been laid out uh, to help us in these areas and mm. to instruct us, not help us. That's such a light word for Bible the Bible and scriptures, yeah. <laughs> it's authoritative. So uh, we need to go to it and submit ourselves to it. Yeah. Um, Hebrews 13, verse 4, it says, Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral adulter- and adulteress. I think it helps to maybe read some of the context around it, Absolutely. simply because this is not a passage that's specifically about marriage. So let's start in verse 1, and we'll read through um, just until we feel a good stopping point. Probably sometime in the next book in James at some point. <laughs> uh, so it starts verse 1, Hebrews chapter 13. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money. And be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Mm. Man, we could read the whole chapter truly. That's, yeah. the, that's the end of the book of Hebrews. So this passage comes at the very end where he's closing out this magnificent letter. Mm. We don't know who the author is, but he's writing it to early Christians who were in a time of trial. And so... Because of that, it's focusing on the supremacy of Christ and the fact that he is our high priest and he is reigning in heaven, uh, even as we're going through the trials. And it's just interesting to me that he closes out this passage, this whole this whole book, rather, with this, let brotherly love continue. Don't mm-hmm. neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Remember those who are in prison. Remember one another. Now then he turns his gaze to marriage. Mm-hmm. So be brotherly toward another. It's yeah. It's as if I mean he's the title of it is sacrifice is pleasing to God. It's as if he's listing out the overflow of the Christian life. Right? Hmm. Is that he's he's encouraging like let brotherly love continue. 
this is what it looks like. Not neglecting to show hospitality to strangers, to remember those who are in prison. It's it's not this. Yes, it's like a a, a crusade or a call like to live for God, but it's not like here's our swords and our shields and we're gonna go out and fight. It's like. No, let your brotherly love continue. Why? Because that's a difficult thing to continue doing every day, right? Very good. Yeah. Um, to show hospitality to strangers, and in some ways, it's the it's, it's the natural outworking of truly Absolutely. embracing the truth that Christ Absolutely. is supreme, that He is our High Priest, and and He is He reigns and throughout the culmination of history, and He right. will continue to reign. That's an amazing life-altering revelation and what what strikes me though is that he turns right to marriage after that so let marriage let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for god will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous and that's what i want to i think start with is this the idea that so often when we talk about boundaries in marriage hey protect your sex life and the, the immediate thought at least in my own gut is well we want to protect your marriage and protect your sex life because it'll be better that way like right. your marriage will be happier. You can avoid your sex life will be healthier. Yeah. You'll avoid the pain. Yeah. You'll avoid, you know, all the drama and the, you know, the life, the brokenness and... that happens when this, when the opposite is true, when you don't hold it in high regard, you don't, it ends up being defiled somehow. And the re- he doesn't talk about that. He doesn't say, keep the marriage bed pure. Let the marriage bed be undefiled because that will be healthier for you or that will be easier for you, or right. it'll be, you'll be happier be that more way. Enjoyable. <laughs> Your marriage will be, and this is, this is the, the key. And this is why the gospel is absolutely central to this. Mm-hmm. The reason we protect our sex life has to do directly with our relationship with God, because he has commanded it. Mm. He has said, be pure in this area, exercise. And, and we've talked about the last three episodes of or the beautiful gift that it is within yeah. the context that he's given for it. Sex is not beautiful outside of marriage. Mm. It is not holy outside of marriage. Yeah. It is not all the things that we've spent the last three weeks uncovering outside of the marital covenant, which God right. has designed sex for. But And so the, the calibrating effect here is not just it'll be better for us, but it will be because God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. Mm. Now, grace is true. <laughs> we believe that we are saved by grace alone, mm-hmm. through faith alone, in Christ alone alone uh but there is judgment around sexual immorality and adultery mm. and there's a lot to be said around what that text could mean for somebody who is sexually immoral who is adulterous and and here's the the tricky thing is we know a lot of i don't say we know a lot but we know of a lot of christians that are sexually immoral or they call themselves christians but then live a sexually immoral life right it's unrepentant is unrepentance what yeah yeah and kind so the, the lack of repentance it. is a warning sign so anyway i we don't have to go down that rabbit trail no i think it's good to say that you know there is no sin that god um that is outside of his ability to forgive and atone for right right um even though you know if you are in that camp or that is part of your story, right? Adultery or defilement, which we're going to define a little bit more. Um, God can restore uh, sexual purity, right? And holiness. Uh, But the key there also is that we are repentant and our lives are now committed to him Hmm. uh, and to following him. Which actually raises another interesting thought is that in that moment of redemption, Right. Or in that moment where where we are restored in Christ, that doesn't erase any of the the things that we are talking against. Like the, so the temporal 
or the you know the 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 consequences here now in this earth right. are still there. Yes. Even though your eternal consequences now have been erased because you have given your life to Christ, your sin was nailed to the cross mm. in Christ, and and then you were raised from the dead with Christ, right. and you will follow Christ up into heaven. Mm. Like that conclusion is foregone, but the effects of that sin exist here now. So it's almost like there's this, okay, so God is not saying keep the marriage bed undefiled to avoid the effects. He's saying keep it undefiled because I, I said so. Right. And that's my good design. Well, but then I'm he's God. saying even, <laughs> even when you defile it yeah, and you come back to me, I will not judge you for that, but you still will have to sit in the consequences of that. So right. anyway, I'm just trying to pick this apart. I'm not trying to subtext anyone. Right. And I think that's important. Um, because yeah, it's the repentance and the commitment, uh, the fruit, what, what would be the most, I mean, if you, if this is a part of your story and God has brought you out of it, your natural response would be one of worship would be one of, Mm, uh, you know, gratefulness and thankfulness and repentance and wanting to, uh, turn from that, right? Because, because of the judgment of God, because of the wrath of God, Hmm. uh, and understanding the weight of those things. And I think he allows us as believers to understand and and know those things. Um, I think some of us are still learning the weight of that, right? The weight of our sin. Yeah. Um, So please don't hear what, what I just said. I don't mean to heap shame. No. Okay. That's not our goal, nor is it I think godly because we are calling people to repentance who have yet to repent. If you're in repent, like if we've repented of sin, like that sin is no more mm. like that. As your nature has been made west, new. Right? It's been three. Yeah. That's what Psalm 112 or mm-hmm. Psalm. I forget the 103 verse 12. He's far as east is from the west. So he's removed our sins from us. Right. Um, and we are now that, walking in the light. Like one by, John yeah. one seven. Yeah. Yep. Good. Uh, and living in the light. So um, walking in the light having some boundaries around us. What do we actually mean by boundaries? Um, we did a whole series on boundaries. If you just type in your little search engine there, I'm sure it'll come right up. But uh, our simple answer for this is just keeping good things in and growing and thriving while also keeping bad things and threats kind of out mm-hmm. uh, side of the marriage bed yeah. in this particular conversation. Yeah. Um, we see this in Song of Solomon, right? When she yes. says, keep the little foxes from from our garden. Like we have, they want to get in and... and, right. and gorge themselves on the fruit of, right. of our healthy union and we are need to be vigilant in keeping the foxes out of the garden right and that's what the boundaries are all about and proverbs 5 we've talked about many times with the cistern um protecting your cistern and not spilling it out you know into the streets and, and sharing uh of that time right it's that just for you it's alone just for you alone too and then also not allowing contaminants to get into the water source that it is that will bring life to you and that's the keeping bad things out right so these boundaries or these hedges of hedges of protection um are because there is a thief there is an enemy that comes to steal and kill and destroy but god he's our good shepherd and he provides us not only with his word but himself as the holy spirit to empower us to live righteously um it's not always easy but it is always the better way and so how can we ideally like what are some things how are some how do we put boundaries in place um i think one question we have to first ask ourselves is um are are there bad things that we're trying to keep out and what would those what does that look like you know we talk about a lot about um the phone drop test Mm -hmm. uh we we're all about transparency here at fierce marriage right and so why don't you tell them quickly what the phone drop test is pretty simple you just (laughs) at any point in time you know, again, this is not about policing. policing. It's not about 
it's in a spirit of transparency and living in the light. It's not, yeah, yeah. So at any point in time, here's the, the theoretical piece. At any point in time, Selena could say, hey, can I see what's on your phone? And I, and I could, without worry, without care, without kind of uh, flinching, I could put my phone down. I could drop my phone on the, on the table and say, go ahead. Yep. I have nothing to hide. I'm completely open to you looking at my, you know, browser history, my right. text messaging, my messages, my DMs yeah. in every app and every social network, my emails. I'm totally fine with you seeing all that stuff. And that I think is more of a, a space to live in. And that's, that's kind of the ideal as far as like maybe trust has been broken and now we're trying to get back to this way of, or get to, maybe we never were there to this level of transparency yeah. Uh, that we can be confident with each other in. And so the phone drop test, I think, is just kind of a uh, an indicator or showing us that we can do this and we live in this now and this is good. Um, or it can it's just kind of a gauge of like, oh, he's flinching with the phone or she's not wanting, she's getting angry that I'm asking her these things. So, uh-oh, like what hmm. what's kind of the underlying uh, frustrations or tension there? Um, I don't think you've ever asked me to do that. But we use, <laughs> we do use it as it's you know. It's more of a theoretical. Like, where's my heart? Yes. And it's more of asking yourself, like, could I right. be known and, and exposed it's in this a, way without yeah. feeling like without my wife feeling like she's been betrayed in some way? Yeah, it's a boundary. It's an it's, it's a, a boundary for you and you and your spouse. I think. Yeah. So. Um, so the other one I hear is transparency. Is that that's very similar? Right. So I transparency think, is just. Uh, like Selena, you know all my passwords to all my everything, even have just internet in general, not just on right. my phone. Um, well, and knowing, yeah. you know, and not in an interrogating way. I don't. Uh, the transparency piece is, it's really something you have to build. I think brick by brick in a marriage, especially if there right. has been trust that has been broken. Um, we have, by God's grace, not uh, ever experienced anything infidelity you mean. infidelity or adultery uh, kind of the defilement piece uh but there's been you know times where the transparency feels foggy and so how can we keep living in the light god how where are we not why is there darkness here um and how can how can transparency be viewed as a boundary uh to keep the good things in and not as hmm. like a policing like bad things so how can we how is transparency um helpful yeah, yeah we've talked about it at length I think we did another series. We wrote, a, we wrote a book called See Through Marriage. That too. <laughs> it's all about being transparent with one another. But here's the thing. Transparency is not just about you catching me in sin or me avoiding sin. Absolutely. Transparency is about being known. And we start with our transparency before the, the living God. Yeah. That we are fully known and still fully loved in him. Mm. And once that, we we know ourselves as those who are redeemed in Christ. We, we are transparent with ourselves, with our mm. true identity. Then from there, I can now say, here I am, Selena. All my faults, everything that I thought, mm. you know, would cause me shame. Christ has taken all those things. He's forgiven them. Now I'm, letting, I'm making them known to you so that I can now be loved more deeply by you. And I can, I'm asking you in return to show me right. the same levels of transparency. So it really is, like you said at the very beginning, it's like flipping the script. It's no longer just defending, but now I'm on the offense and saying, I'm going to live in the light because right. I'm called to live in the light. And it's, it's where life is. Right. And the transparency piece is not a manipulation tactic. It's very much a, um, invitation into being known and knowing, being mm -hmm. known fully and knowing your spouse fully. Um, not like, Hey, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm being transparent with you. So you better be transparent with me. Right. It's, that's not what we're saying here. Yeah. Um, the next piece of just boundaries, quickly is community 
Um, so be known by your brothers and sisters in Christ. And when we're talking about this in terms of like protecting your sex life, I think it just obviously it, you're alluded, it's alluding to, you know, pornography or um, maybe just an emotional affair. I hate to say just so an emotional affair, any some anything that you might struggle with sexually outside of your marriage, uh, even in, in your marriage, because of, you know, your past or uh, whatever's happened hmm. to you. I think that it's very key it's a huge boundary that helps protect our marriage again keeping bad things out and good things in and growing by the having community yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's really you know, good brothers and sisters in christ i want to add a fourth boundary and yeah. i think it's probably goes without saying but i'm going to say it because i found a lot of things i think go without saying don't actually go without saying <laughs> <laughs> so, i agree um and it's it's this scripture okay so the boundary of god's word mm. and that god has drawn a line in the sand yeah Okay, there are good, pure, right things, and there are bad, impure, wrong things mm-hmm. on, on either side of that line that he's drawn. And so that, like, if we can just get on the same page with right. that as a couple, yeah, and we can both acknowledge that God has a way, a right way for us to express ourselves within the marriage bed, within to express our sexuality, okay, within Christian marriage, God has given us a good, right, and true way. That boundary is massive because then you can start to then de- decipher like this stays, this leaves. This is this is allowed. This is not allowed. Right. And it gives us an absolute standard by which to measure our desires, mm-hmm. our communication, our actions. Yeah. The gray areas, our don't, thoughts. Uh, they kind of dissipate, I would say. Which, yeah, we had thought about doing an episode all around those gray areas. Like the, the hard questions that people are asking when it comes to married sex Mm -hmm. and you know basically like what sorts of actions are okay and not okay Mm -hmm. what sorts of requests are appropriate not appropriate um we had thought about like drawing those boundaries for you but then by by some wise counsel with some really dear friends of mine i basically said how do we approach this conversation they said i think you're asking the wrong questions right they said the questions are we need to look back to how has gone how has god designed sex what did he design it for Mm. and then we leave you christian with, with with those convictions in mind to then go through and work that out in your own sex life. Mm. And so I think that's what we're going to do toward the later half of this uh, episode. But first, we're going to talk about what defilement is. Right, so the bad things. What's so on the bad side of yeah, the boundary. Yeah, so protecting your sex life from what, right? Hmm. Um, and defilement is basically, you know, anything that is impure. And the Bible... Uh, outlines this and we, there's an article we can put in the show notes um, from got questions that kind of uh, exegetes the scripture a little bit more and talking about what uh, defilement means but there's a list of a few things and we only picked a few to talk about here that we thought, thought were beneficial um, the term fornication so two unmarried people having sex um, they don't that's first corinthians six eighteen. they don't have a marriage covenant therefore um, they are defiling God's gift of sex. So if you are a single person and you are struggling, you know, with your girlfriend or boyfriend or wherever you're at and you're, you're moving towards marriage or whatnot, but it's, I think the idea though, that term of like fornication is, feels like a heavy word. And I think it should, because again, we're, we're facing God's judgment, not just like fighting the urges to stay pure. Right. It's, it's, it's not, a, it, it's not about us in a lot of ways. Mm. It's about, God and his judgment and his gift to us and by waiting and by doing it obeying God not doing it God's way God's way is the way but by being obedient and choosing to live righteously hmm. uh, by the grace and ability of the Holy Spirit like we are abstaining and we are protecting your future sex life 
with your spouse. So I just thought that was an important one to bring up because there's still Christians, people saying they're Christians and having sex and they're not married and that's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a defilement of their future marriage bed. So yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's a tragic that a lot of folks have, I mean, we've just kind of lost the sense that there is a right and wrong in this way. So hopefully we're helping. Right. It's like abstinence is out of style and it's like, well, no, yeah. <laughs> like if you're, if you're a teenager, like this is the hard truth. And I, if you're a teenager and you've, if you even internalized like sex culture in your teenage years mm. in that like hookup culture and whatever that ends up looking like, or if like you are what the Bible calls a fornicator mm-hmm. and that's really hard for people to swallow because this is one of those old words. And so, uh, How and it's an old, old idea world, and it's very yeah. arcane. And we're here to say like, it is not just a boundary. It's not arbitrary. Okay. For one, it's also not to just keep you from doing the things you want to do. It's to help you flourish and live And the flourishing begins in obeying God. Mm. It begins in submitting ourselves to him and trusting that his way is higher and better. Right. And it's the spiritual yeah. flourishment that yeah. then will eventually lead to the physical like enjoyment and pleasure. And yeah. so uh, I think we tend to have those in reverse of, well, I want yeah. the physical like f- pleasure and enjoyment spiritual come but right like i don't care about that like i just want to feel good like so those are just i think the conversations to have and to be talking about the second one here uh would be adultery which is when one or both parties uh, are having sex and they are married to someone else uh that they are not so they're having sex with each other but that's not their spouse but here's the thing is uh jesus said this in uh the beatitudes right in Mm -hmm. matthew 5 he said if you've looked at a woman Mm. or you could switch it and say woman if you've looked at a man with lustful intent you've committed adultery in your heart Mm. okay it's okay can we just grasp the the weight of that thing that the fact that if if you are accustomed to looking at other people who are not your spouse with lustful intent. Now there's a lot of conversation we could have around what lustful intent is, uh, is noticing is by virtue of looking, are you lusting or is there more to it than that? I, I tend to think that there's more to it than if you've noticed someone, that's one thing, but then you have to make a conscious decision in your to mind to, to, to go further or mm-hmm. to abstain from going further. Yeah. And that's where you choose righteousness over sin or you, you know, you choose the right way in that moment. Yeah. I don't think by looking and noticing, uh, you know, somebody who's attractive, you're automatically lusting. I think you have an opportunity at that moment to make the right ch- choice or the wrong choice. Um, but the point being made there is that adultery isn't just what you said at the beginning, which is, right. okay, I've made this decision to go and have sex with another person outside of my marital covenant. Like it, it's Jesus, Jesus leveled the playing field. He said that if, if you've even thought it, mm. it's as if you've done it. So the same thing with anger. Yeah. Even if, if you've had anger and wrath in your heart, you have murdered that person in your heart. Yeah. And these are sins worthy of condemnation. Worthy of God's wrath. Worthy of the, the wrath the of God. The judgment yeah. of God that we talked about in Hebrews 13. And if I'm honest, I really struggle with the Beatitudes because Jesus ends it. He's like, therefore be perfect as my father is perfect. <laughs> and so if we don't, if we read scripture and we don't have kind of a mature understanding of what Jesus is doing there. Uh, we can read that as if it's a list of things that we are, uh, they're either going to, we're going to, we're either going to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and say, we have to do better. That's moralizing. I need to do better. Or we're going to feel completely and utterly crushed. And I think 
I think what Jesus was doing was, was the latter. He's saying, listen, my standard of righteousness is so high. It's unattainable. It is unattainable. It will crush you. Yeah. It will crush you. That is why I'm here. Mm, so good. <laughs> that is why I'm here because I have upheld this standard. Right. Christ speaking, of course, not me. <laughs> uh, he has upheld this standard and he's saying, you must be perfect. And by the way, I'm here to, to make you perfect. I'm here to die for those sins that you've mm. committed, for the lusts that you've committed in your heart, the murders you've committed in your heart. I'm here to bear the wrath of my Father for your sins on the cross. I'm here to live a perfect life, and I'm here to die a sinner's death so that you can live the life that I am now giving to you. Mm. And so that, anyway, that's a sidebar. The point is, we, we, when we take these, these defilements or these bad things seriously— they have one effect in the life of a, of a believer, and that's that's to drive us into the arms of our Savior. Mm-hmm. And it reminds us of the depth of our sin and therefore the need that we have for a Savior. So let that do that for you right now. It's yeah. doing it for me. Yeah, um, repentance. The third, um, the third one. Yeah, the third and final one. Uh, pornography. Of, of course, is pornography. So it's, this goes alongside the adultery piece because pornography is obviously other people having sex uh, in some lewd manner on on well, in any manner on for other people to watch <laughs> and on then display, other people guess, yeah, yeah. on display. There you go. And then, then bringing that into your marriage is defiling your marriage bed because you're basically bringing other people in. You're doing it's, it's adultery in the yeah, emotional sense and the mental ver- sense. Yeah. It very much leads to things like coercion, um, which I don't know if you want to define that a little bit. Oh, okay. So, I, so it, it is adulterous in the, the sense that we just defined it, but right. yeah, it does defile your marriage in other ways besides just bringing in adultery in that it will bring in um, sometimes desires that are not born from within the purity of your marriage. They've, yeah, they've so, been, they've oh been they've leaked yeah. in from the yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times what will happen is a husband or a wife will, ha- over their history, they've seen some sort of act you know, played out through pornography and they want to now experience that act themselves. And of course they're in their marriage and they're saying, well, you're my sexual partner. Therefore I will want, I want to experience that act with you. And, um, oftentimes with pornography, the act is not loving. Mm-mm. I mean, I would say hundred percent of the time it's not loving, but the reenactment of that is oftentimes not loving, no matter where right. your heart's coming from. I'm not it's choosing my words super precisely. It's so just give me some grace yeah. as I'm trying to think through this in real time. But it can lead to, yeah, coercion where it's like, hey, you don't, I want to do this thing. I don't feel comfortable with that. Well, why not? Right. Why, why not? It's now you're stepping into manipulation, you know, the further down the path. Especially if you hear someone like Ryan and Selena on the Fierce Marriage Podcast who talk about, you know, hey, sex is great. It's supposed to be, you know, an expression of love. But And you start using words like that against your spouse. You're coercing them to do something that they out, out the gate they don't feel comfortable doing. Right. For whatever reason, they don't feel comfortable doing. And I think the reasons for that go back to the reasons for sex. Yeah. Um, and that's why we'll get into that next. Right. And I think the important thing at that point is to stop and to keep communicating, but to stop whatever you're doing at that point And then, um, at a later time, discuss kind of the, the motivations there and the expectations. Um, because again, I mean, if you're, if you're living in sin and you don't really know maybe that you're living in sin, we're here to say that if, if something else like pornography is driving those desires then that's definitely sin. Um, if something mm. outside of you loving your spouse well is driving some desire that makes them feel uncomfortable or unsafe, that is that is sin. Um, so mm. again, if you and your spouse are dealing with one of these like three defilements, um, 
I guess he, we're here to say like, go to your pastors, go to a counselor, go to a guide couple or someone that yeah. is qualified. There is no podcast episode that can help you get started on the path to healing. Like you have to do that face to face with another believer, someone who is qualified and capable. So we would say, go, 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 uh, find that help. But yeah. these are the defilement, uh, items, I guess, or things that we're trying to keep out, right? We're trying to mm-hmm. protect our marriage and the purity and preserve our sex life uh, through phone drop tests and building transparency and yeah. having good uh, communication with each, with each other and with our community of believers and uh, living under the authority of scripture. So what are the, why, what are the good things? Let's, let's, let's leave yeah. our conversation here of what are the good things uh, that we are trying to protect and to grow and thrive. And this goes yeah. back to our very first episode of these seven reasons for sex. Yeah, I I love what you said, and each one of these will tie into it. But you said if it if you need like a really clear standard, listener, and you're wondering, you know, we have this question about our sex life and maybe some of the things that he's wanting or she's wanting, and and Selena, what Selena said, I think does it really good. It gives us a really good clear line. It says, if that thing is born from a heart of love and wanting to serve your spouse and not just get from them something, but if that action is not coming from a place of wanting to love them more and love them more purely, the more way intensely, loves the us. way Christ has loved, then it's safe to say that it's probably going to be categorized on the sin side of it or the selfishness side of it, mm. and therefore the sin side of it. <laughs> and so there are times to have conversations, but if your sole motivation, your main motivation is selfish, then that's that's a very clear a kind flag. of indicator, mm-hmm. red flag. Um, and you always talk through that and then maybe the actions come out another way that is, I don't know. So that's a really clear indicator. So with that, let's talk through the seven reasons for sex. Let's just go through them real quickly. Yep. Again, go back to that episode. It's three episodes back or four episodes back. Uh, we talk about each one of these in greater detail. Today, we're just going to contrast those with what the good they bring about mm-hmm. that's worth protecting within the marriage bed. So here they are, all seven of them. Pleasure, procreation, connection, pr- protection, comfort, the gospel and the glory of God. Okay. So for the first one, we're protecting the pleasure mm-hmm. of our sex life. It's for both the husband and the wife. For both the husband and the wife. We're protecting the enjoyment that we take in one another. Mm-hmm. It's when I trust that I am your only. Your one and only. Your, yeah. <laughs> I'm your, I'm your one and only. You're my one and only. The, our pleasure is going to be multiplied in that. Right. If any defilement comes in, like if you've got in the back of your mind, oh, is he thinking about so-and-so or thinking about mm-hmm. such and such? Sure. That's going to take away. It's going to rob from our pleasure. Mm-hmm. So we're protecting against that. Mm-hmm. The second one, procreation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a, a means of being fruitful and multiplying. So protecting um, that instruction and that mandate that God has given us uh, by having sex within the marriage covenant, Mm. we are being fruitful in the way that he has uh, instructed and ordered and purpose. I was having a hard time connecting the dots. Yeah. Okay. So when we, yes, when we protect marriage within the covenant, then that fruitfulness, the procreation reason for sex has its right place. And therefore it is protected and can flourish when our children are now born within wedlock within, um, again, there's grace all around, but the point is, is that when we protect sex for what it is, then we are protecting the, one of the reasons, which is procreation. Uh, one of the seven reasons. Um, this one of the seven reasons. Connection. I, I think this goes back to the the first one, the pleasure. Right? Yeah. When yeah. I know that 
you're not in the back of your mind thinking of someone else. Like we're going to connect physically, emotionally, spiritually in a deeper, uh, more enjoyable, richer way. Right. And I think, yeah, with your spouse, you can only go, you just go deeper together. Right. And it's, it's just more enjoyment, uh, more, you can't do that with various people. (laughs) It's just not possible. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that the protect, the connection aspect, uh, it, it grows and there's this emotional connection that can grow and the spiritual mm. development of your connection can grow. Um, again with this repetition protection is the next one, uh, which so, we've been talking about. It's funny cause you're, the boundaries are to protect the protection. Yes. <laughs> protect the protection. <laughs> I, I love that because it does say that, um, sex has a reason, a purpose within our marriage and it's to even be one of the weapons that we use, mm-hmm. uh, in protecting against defilement. So we're, by drawing these clear boundaries, we're saying that not only are we protecting our sex life, but we're also recognizing that our sex life is part of that protection. Yeah. I mean, if you think about just you um, guarding your thoughts, right, and guarding, walking out, just living righteously by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, having sex protects us and allows us to engage in loving the Lord, our God, with all of our strength, all of our soul, all of our might, mm-hmm. uh, and our mind. Right. And so I just, there's so much there to be gleaned, but I know protection against protection. It's fine. It's silly, but it's all right. Comfort. Um, if one spouse is going through a difficult season, um, with external factors and career swish, switch, um, <laughs> swish, swish. <laughs> had a career swish last night, uh, career switch or loss or death in extended family. Sometimes sex, sex can be, uh, one it. of the reasons for sex is that you can comfort one another with it. Right. It can be a very familiar um, place to kind of yeah. land again uh, when maybe there's just a bunch of turmoil in your life and you're going through a hard season. Mm. Um, this next one, the gospel. What mm-hmm. I love about this is, remember, we're talking about how to protect these good things, these good reasons that sex facilitates or that sex, that sex does, right? Say as a husband, I've been struggling to keep my thought life pure, right? And I fight that fight and I go to my brothers and I go to prayer. I go to the Lord, I go to the scriptures and I, and by God's grace, you win that fight. Okay. Now I can go to you. And even if you lose that fight, I'm just going to say like, cause you're going to lose that fight at times where you're going to, you're going to slip up. You're going to sin. Um, it's still time to go to your spouse. Okay. You don't, you don't have to be worthy. You can go and repent to your spouse, but I can say that I've transgressed this, this boundary. I've done this wrong. Christ has forgiven me. Now I'm going to bring it to you and, and confess the sin to you, my wife. Mm. And I'm going to ask you for your forgiveness, which mm. has happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to say? Whatever I can only say is yeah, I forgive you. I forgive you. And that's what you're protecting. Right. Is that now, not only have I, have I felt the loving forgiveness of Christ in my repentance toward him, but now I can actually, I can feel it in an even more deep way, a more, uh, I guess, tangible way right here and now, and that my wife is forgiving me. Mm. And my wife is still allowing me to embrace her and to to come to her mm-hmm. with my sexual need to express sexual affections toward her. Mm-hmm. And she still loves me despite my sin. Like that's a picture of the gospel. The gospel. Yeah. Now there's a lot of, you know, if it's a, there's a lot of nuance in there. It doesn't mean that just because a husband says the words, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? It doesn't mean the wife is necessarily going to trust him in that moment or even feel that he's or being trust genuine. trust him a thousand percent, right? It's like it, sometimes there's steps that we grow into and we yeah. we have to 
uh, walk out that repentance and mm-hmm. forgiveness uh, daily and multiple times and 70 mm-hmm. times 70 times 70, right? And so <laughs> uh, that is that is a picture of the gospel and God is working in it, yeah, in him and through him. Yeah, so we, we don't want to paint a picture that somehow by just saying the words that it's going to be like the trust is going to be restored automatically, but it it does begin that process. Yeah. The last one is uh, the, the last reason for sex was the glory of God. Again, by engaging in the gift that he has given us, the, the, the gift of sex within marriage, we bring glory to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we are going about like our marital joy, I'll say, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to have marital joy later? Marital joy. <laughs> <laughs> When we're doing that in light of how God has created it and we're enjoying one another in the way that he's designed, that is glorifying him. Mm. And so uh, by by drawing these clear boundaries, by protecting our sex life, we are protecting our opportunities now to engage in sex in the exact context that he's given us to engage it in. Mm-hmm. And that's a profound thing. And so one of the reasons of sex, again, is to to shout the glory of God and, and to resonate his glory even mm. in this in when the doors are closed in the master bedroom <laughs> and we are being married that glorifies god in a really profound way and you're protecting that with these boundaries okay so the couple's conversation challenge is talk through the boundaries that you have around your sex life mm. maybe talk through these th- these bad things that we mentioned the defilers right fornication adultery pornography and then what are some boundaries that you can create around your intimate life, your intimate conversations that you're having um, on this front? What conversations can you schedule mm. to have down mm-hmm. the line? Mm-hmm. Like you, I always like to say there's always the initial conversation, then right. there's a follow-up, then there's a follow-up, and then there's a follow-up. Right, and who can you involve in those conversations, right? Yeah, if you have you know a guide couple or friends that are close to you, you can, you can involve them in a way that's healthy and edifying. The point is, is talk about it. Talk about the boundaries that you set around your sex life, the hedge of protection. What bad things do you need to keep out? What good things are you going to protect and keep in? All right? So good. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the um, the context that you give us, that you don't, you, you have opinions mm. on these things and you've, you've allowed us to experience your goodness through obedience to you. I pray that you would help us um, see sex as the gift that it is. I pray that you'd help us see um, kind of the darkness and some of the sin that, that wants to creep in. Help us to see that for what it actually is and help us to run the opposite way into your arms, mm. trusting your way into the arms of our spouses that we might fight this fight together, that we might protect this area of our marriage so that we might flourish, but more than anything, so that we might obey you gladly and quickly and with our whole hearts. Lord, I pray for marriages that feel broken, that they would begin to repair. Holy Spirit, you would work in the hearts of those listening right now, that you would give them the next step to take toward health, toward following your way in this area of their life, in this area of their marriage. And then I pray that you'd walk alongside them and let them feel your presence, Lord. Let them feel your presence. Lord, you never leave us. You never forsake us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is in the can. We'll see you again in about seven days. Until then. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. 
For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.